there literary fans and welcome to episode 114 of Jeff Reads His Book. I'm your host Jeff and today we're reading chapter 20 of Powerless, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in touch with me, head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com. Right there, there's three ways to contact me. You can find one that works for you and we'll talk about them at the end of the show. But more importantly, while you're there, Why not buy a book I wrote? They're really bad. You're going to love them. I hope when I encourage you guys to like buy one of these books that I wrote, listen, they were all written in a month. I mean, the two that are for sale, I guess are edited, but by me and not well, I don't know. I I don't want people to think that uh, I think I'm a good author. I think I've made that abundantly clear in this podcast. (laughs) I mean, not just from the material we're listening to, but from stating it myself. This isn't, this isn't good, but you should buy the book because it's funny. <laughs> it's funny to buy the book, not the book is funny. The books aren't, they're not great. <laughs> I don't know um, what. I know, I know one time guest host Glenn did uh, buy t- the two books. You could, or no, he only bought one. The other one I gave him. So yeah, it's pretty epic, but uh you should buy a book. I mean, I'm still trying to pay off this microphone, goddammit. <laughs> and there's like hosting fees. That's burning up five bucks a, a month. So, uh, wow, that sucks, doesn't it? Anywho, all I'm doing is losing money. And there's no ads in this podcast. Although, like, um, if this plays on like a Spotify or Stitcher, do they like add advertisements in? I feel like they do. I don't know. That sucks if they do. Whatever, man. I don't uh, I don't care. Well, I mean, I care. Don't put ads in my goddamn podcast, you shitheads. And speaking of that, uh, we're now on um, Amazon Podcasts and Audible Podcasts. Because they, uh, if you remember, when they first offered that, there was like a clause in their contract that said I couldn't badmouth Amazon. <laughs> so, uh, clearly I do badmouth them, and they took that clause out. So, uh, hey, Amazon, fuck yourselves. You guys suck so much, so, so much. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, don't buy anything from Amazon. They're shitheads. I mean, just go to the store. How hard is that? Jesus, what's wrong with you people? Anyway, today we are reading chapter 20, and we got to move this along because I got shit to do. I can't just entertain you people all day long. Anyway, it's 200 lines long. Um, I wrote down what? All I have for notes here is mission is assigned. Ooh, that's exciting. There's a mission they're going to go on. Ooh, also it's not exciting. So it actually isn't exciting, but they are on a mission. And we're going to hear a little bit more about that as we dive in to chapter 20. So for today's episode... I'm gonna be enjoying a. Uh, I'm gonna be enjoying a nice pilsner today. I'm actually having a Labatt Blue Light, so um, it is a light beer. I went to the store today to do just a little shopping, and I said, you know what? I want to get some beer, and I was thinking about like maybe I should get like a 12 pack of nice beer. It still costs less than like a bottle of booze, which uh, I think I've mentioned before. I, I'm trying to you know stay stay away from that a little longer. I feel like yeah. I don't know. 
I, I think I, I whatever. I, I just don't want any right now. Okay. How about that? Huh? We're going to stop there. So I got, I was going to go get like a nice variety pack of something local, but what do, what do I want to say? Like, uh, I just, I get, when I look at prices of like a 12 pack, that's $18. That makes me sad, even though it's really not that expensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're still under a like, we're under like two dollars a beer by a long shot. But instead, I went with this Labatt Blue Light. I don't want to feel fat, really, either. Mm. It's not bad. Like, I find Labatt sometimes to be a little harsh. You know, it's a little bit. Uh, um, like bitter or something. I can't put my finger on it. More so than like a Budweiser, maybe. But uh, this blue light, quite nice. Quite nice. Mm. Mm. Not bad. Oh, all right. I'm going to say it's pretty good. I love it. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's go read some book. Huh? Mm. I mean, you guys probably don't actually want me to because it's not good. Okay, here we go. Oh, Jesus. Um, I'm not in the right location, so that's cool. Okay, chapter. Oh my god, Macintosh, who uses this computer? It sucks balls. So, like, I hit page down, but it doesn't move the cursor? Just the fucking display. Ugh. Henry grudgingly climbed the steps to the temple two days later. All warrior mages were told to report to the temple's great hall this morning, but Henry had no idea why. He had developed a dislike of the building, though, after his last trip. Remember he got yelled at? That was fun. Luckily, he wasn't being asked to report to the council for some sort of discipline, like a caning, right? Which might drive him to the breaking point. If all the warrior mages that remained, and there were a few left after the attack days ago... Oh, oh getting a text! Sorry, somebody didn't turn off notifications! <laughs> Um, uh, where were we? Um, I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. Um, if all the warrior mages that remained, and there were few left after the attack days ago, were being summoned, he assumed they were being assigned some collection of missions. In the Great Hall... Ooh, that's a drinking break. It's a blank line. I don't think it's a real one, but let's do it, huh? Boop, boop, boop. Hmm. In the Great Hall, he walked to the last unoccupied bench and sat down just behind Pulley, who was eating something from a bag. Because he's a big fatty? Why is that? Well, I, I don't know why I said he's a fatty. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, fictional guy sitting in front of Henry. Do you guys remember Pulley? I kind of do. I thought he was going to be a bigger character, but these books are so short and poorly written that he never shows up in them. Okay. Do you know what this is about? Henry asked. Pulley laughed. Ha! I was hoping you did. Henry sighed and waited. He counted 20 people in the room, a long fall from when he had first come to Sandhill. Most of the warrior mages were quick to join the magistrates early on in the conflict. A good number who remained, though, had left when the magistrates had attacked days ago. What a had in that... Their ranks were thinning quickly. Though there were plenty of people left at the temple, the number that could fight using magic was down to nothing. Well, it's down to 20. I mean, are there only this many of you left? Margot said suddenly from beside him. 
Henry jumped in surprise. Margot, I told you not to sneak up on me like that, he exclaimed. She shrugged and waited. Remember, she can be like invisible and bullshit like that. Um, hey, Margot, Pulley said, turning around to greet her. Hey, Margot. How are you, Pulley? She asked cheerfully. I'd be better if I were somewhere else, but alas, he answered. Hey, could you tell Pauline that we were all very impressed with her at the party? God damn, that was 10 days ago or something. Margot laughed, were you? Seriously, the fire line worked great, and whatever she was throwing that exploded was damn impressive. She had a good a- she had good aim too. Ooh, maybe she played softball. Laura played softball, am I right? Yay! All right. Laura, how are you at throwing a Molotov cocktail? Let me know. Right into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. <laughs> at the front of the hall, Sir Roland emerged with Elliot, another character name that we only see, um, what, occasionally in this stupid book? I'm saying um a lot today. I'm sorry, guys. And Margot, okay, at the front of the hall, Sir Roland emerged with Elliot, and Margot instantly disappeared, a feat that Henry still couldn't master. Oh, okay. I mean, neither can I. Her ability to do so both impressed and annoyed him, mostly because she would constantly sneak up on him. First, we've heard of this. <laughs> Gentlemen, Sir Roland started. Oh, wow. So you don't employ any ladies for this job? Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Very progressive, right? Sir Roland started pulling Henry's attention away to where Margot had been seated. We've received word that... Oop, we've received word the the magistrates have successfully overrun the independent magical settlement at Fleben's Run. That's a pretty good name. Fleben... I guess. It's not really that good. Directly east of here, in case you were worried about the directions. (laughs) They were an organization much like our own, and most of them who would no cooperate have been taken into custody. That paragraph read like somebody using ESL. (laughs) Um, Paging down, sorry. Elliot said, We are tasking you with freeing these mages before they are locked away for good or worse. For good, that's not a saying. Henry thought this plan sounded reasonable while he was growing tired of being away from home. I hear that, man. He couldn't argue with a legitimate rescue mission. Let me clarify. It's not because I'm not at home. I'm at home right now, but I don't like going away from home. (laughs) Makes me tired. (laughs) Mm. Like shopping today made me want to kill myself, I feel like. Well, that's not PC either, is it? Hmm. Okay. We will send the bulk of our men and women, oh, so now women can go, to attack the caravan, which we believe is heading north towards Oliath. Everybody remember that? That's like the capital, I think. But we can't be sure, Elliot explained. Who will guard here? Someone up front asked. Henry couldn't see who it was, making that sentence pointless. We will make do, Sir Roland answered. The force will be split in two to make sure we can intercept the caravan in case we're wrong about how fast or where they are traveling, misspelled, Elliot continued, before rattling off two separate lists of names. Henry sat quietly as he noticed that he was not mentioned. Pulley it... Pulley... (laughs) 
pulley it. <laughs> pulley spoke up next. Elliot, <laughs> I would very much prefer if Henry joined my team. I notice he was omitted. Ah, yes, McCallum, Elliot continued. I am dispatching him to Flubbin's Run to see if there is anything left to see. McCallum will report back in three days. Henry nodded silently. It seemed like a harmless, simple mission. Ooh, drinking break! Yay! <laughs> this one's a real one. Mm mm mm. Love bat blue. Mm. Mm. This isn't bad for a light beer. It feels a little bit. What do I? Well, I uh, don't like. I don't like Bud Light. That sucks. Or Miller Light for that. I don't know. They just kind of stink. This one's got a little more heft to it. It probably means it's like worse for me. Maybe. I don't know. If it's worse for me, right into the show. Jeffreysbook.com. Mm. Why wouldn't they send you on the rescue mission, Margot asked in disbelief as soon as he stepped outside the temple. He jumped slightly when she materialized, and she smiled wide. Wouldn't it be widely? I feel like it would. She loved doing that to him just to get a reaction. Margot, you have to stop that, Henry explained. I would think that's exclaimed. This, this, ugh, this chapter stinks. Stop what, she asked innocently. Stop what, she asked innocently. There weren't many ways she could bother Henry, so she took pleasure in knowing he couldn't stop he from continuing to sneak around him. I think they're quite angry with me, Henry said, apparently moving on. Fake drinking break. Yay! I don't know why there's one here. All right. Of course they are. They almost always are, Margot pointed out. Well, more so than usual, he admitted. Regardless, our mission sounds easier, Margot said, smiling. Oh, so you think you're coming, he asked, laughing. Ha! Drinking break. Ooh. <laughs> mm. I feel like we could have probably ended the chapter there, but let's move on, right? Because we're not ending the chapter. We got more to go. We're not even like, we're a third of the way through or so. Henry and Mark, wow, third of the way through. I gotta hurry this shit up. Henry and Margot set out at midday from Sandhill after finding a farmer headed east who agreed to let them ride along. Margot had not told anyone but her roommates that she would be going with Henry. Her little act of insubordination would probably earn her some minor punishment. Probably caning. However, some alone time... Is that one word? That doesn't seem like that should be one word. However, some alone time with Henry on a pretty low-risk mission sounded nice. Flebin's run would take two days to reach at this pace. Snore. Oh my god, is that going to be the next chapter two of them just getting there? Whew. Oh, wow. Uh, the warrior mages left earlier in the morning, but they were riding with a specific purpose, and they would almost certainly intercept the magistrates this evening. Their assignment didn't have the same urgency. Their assignment didn't have the same urgency, like Margot and Henry's, right? You guys following these pronouns? They were investigating something that already happened, and there wasn't much to be done about it. In the late afternoon, the farmer had reached his home and the pair disembarked. He told Margot there was a small town with an inn about a mile down the road. For anybody who lives in Europe or Canada or any of those weird countries that use the metric system, a mile is like a kilometer, except longer and better. Yeah. 
Um, bu- 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 in a mile, mile down the road that could house them for the night. Margot thanked him and paid for his trouble. And paid for his trouble. I think paid him for his trouble. Ah, whatever. Henry and Margot started off on foot for the town. This is so dull. As the sun was setting, are we going to do some settings? No. Um, They arrived in a small town with a single inn along the main road that was lined with only a handful of buildings. A little bit of description, I guess. As they approached the inn, Margot could see the stables behind it, and they seemed full. Uh-oh, looks like it might be crowded inside, she said, pointing. They might just be stopping for dinner if they have if they all have horses, Henry suggested. We'll go inside to see. As they stepped onto the front porch of the inn, Margot could see that the dining room was indeed crowded, but she noticed far too much red, which is out of fashion in this time frame. Her stomach nodded, and she grabbed Henry's arm. Oh, oh, they're magistrates. Henry, I think there are magistrates' men inside, she whispered when he stopped. Henry, I think there are magistrates' men inside, she whispered when he stopped. Where did he stop? Oh, the front porch. Oh, okay. Henry peered in the window. Huh, he said, shrugging. Hopefully they didn't take all the rooms. We have to get out of here, she whispered again, concerned. Why? They don't know who we are, he rebutted. Is that how you spell rebutted? Is it two T's? I don't know. Is it like but? Not the preposition, the backside, you know what I mean? Mm. Ooh, that's not a drinking break, but that's a drinking break. You don't know that. How would they know us, Margot? I don't think they have a picture of us or know our names or anything. I feel like they did have a picture of them. Does anybody remember if they had a picture of him? Right into the show. All right. Um, I don't think they have a picture of us or know our names or anything, he explained. Maybe some locals have heard of us or have seen us before, but these people aren't from this area. They won't have any idea. Margot sighed, wondering if he was right. They had created a commotion at the two magistrates' facilities thus far, as well as their drunken defense of the temple. We can go inside, she said reluctantly, but we should also be careful. Henry led the way inside first, and Margot followed. Trying to look at her surroundings as she stepped in, she ended up running into Henry from behind, who had stopped just inside the door. Henry, move, she said, and he stepped to the side. She could now see why he had stopped short. The inn was was crowded, but it seemed like everyone but the inn's workers were wearing the uniform of the magistrate. Her quick scan told her that there were at least 20... See, that's scanners. Scanning. It was scanning. Uh, I got a page down. Sorry. Her quick scan told her there were at least 20, most just soldiers, but a handful of mages were also present. I feel like there's no sentence there. Mm, eh, whatever. Oh, she said as she looked around the room. Come in, come in, the bartender urged, who had walked down to the end nearest the door. I know it looks crowded, but there's still enough room for you. Thank you, Margot managed, trying to clear her thoughts. 
Uh, we, that's her saying that, not me, like usual. Uh, we would also need a room tonight if there are any still available. He leaned over the bar and waved the pair over. Both approached the bartender, and both approached, and the bartender whispered, I actually have two remaining. I actually, I'm not whispering, it hurts my throat. I actually have two remaining. These maniacs wanted all of them, but I kept two back for legitimate guests. Here. His hand slapped the bar, and he walked away. Margot discreetly slid the key that he had left behind off the bar and placed it in her pocket. Wow. Somebody needs to learn their conjugations. Well, it's not ideal, Henry said, shrugging and looking around. Look, let's have something to eat. I agree, Henry. 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 Isn't that a type of shirt? Henry? Henry? That's a type, isn't that like a collared shirt but buttons? Or is that because it's made out of the like long underwear material? Am I, or am I just wrong? I don't know. <laughs> right into this show, jeffreesesbook.com. Tell me about shirt types. Okay. This is so hard to read. Um, uh, look, let's have something to eat. We can go outside for some air, then just go to bed. They'll probably be up until all hours, regardless. Hope they have thick, soundproofed walls here, huh? Margot nodded, and she followed... Sorry, I'm paging down. She followed Henry through the sea... Oh, my God. I used S-E-E. That's really bad. Through the sea of red uniforms to an open table near the rear of the dining room. Wow. Call back to um, rebuttal, huh? <laughs> At the rear, right? A lot of, um, yeah. Anyway, they did get looks, but the looks were probably only because they were the only two not wearing red at a table. A barmaid came over with two mugs and sat them on the table. Do you want, do you two want dinner too? (sighs) It'll be chicken tonight. You guys must think I have the most boring diet in the world. It's just chicken and stew. <laughs> uh, that sounds nice, Henry said. How long have they been here? Margot asked, pointing her head towards... Pointing her head, what, like she's going to headbutt him? Pointing her head towards the rest of the busy dining room. The barmaid rolled her eyes. Ugh. They arrived in the early morning, hours before sunrise. I guess they came from the east. Said they said there wasn't enough room for them in Freben's Run. They slept most of the day, but now they're back down here, and I'm worried they'll get rowdy. Just holler, holla, if you need me. She finished before walking off, holla. Wow, there were more, Henry said, surprised. I don't think we would have fought them off last week if this many showed up, Margot said. Perhaps that's why there were that many. Henry smiled. Are you just trying to inflate my ego? Maybe a little. Ooh, drinking break! I don't think she's trying to inflate your ego, asswipe. He's just, she's just trying to point out, like, you wouldn't have been able to fight off this many people. So they clearly sent more to the other... I guess, I don't know. What? What, what am I trying to say? Does anybody know what I'm trying to say? Write into the show, jeffreesesbook.com, finish the beer, yay! Mm. Chicken arrived! After a short wait. (laughs) And Henry started in on it ravenously. Big word. 
All the travel had made him hungry, though he was unaware earlier. earlier. Hmm. Uh, He ignored his surroundings and focused on filling his stomach like a piggy pig pig boy. He did not notice the soldier approach until he was upon them at their table. He looked up his mouth full of chicken and found a young man looking back and forth between he and Margot. Isn't it him and Margot? I don't know. Hi, Henry said, though the food in his mouth made it more of a noise. Henry said. (laughs) Are you two from around here, he asked. Henry thought he was a little drunk. He seemed to take more interest in Margot, who scowled at him in disgust. Just passing through, Henry said. Humph, he grunted. Are you leaving soon? Henry sighed. (sighs) We're just trying to have dinner. He dropped his silverware and looked up at the man. Well, that answered one question. It's clearly not fried chicken, (laughs) right? Unless Henry's like some lunatic like people who run for president and eat things with fork and knife that sounded like my writing to eat with fork and knife not with a fork and knife but you know what i'm talking about those pictures where somebody's eating pizza with a fork and knife or kfc come on what's wrong with you people all right can you eat fried chicken in the car like driving and i don't mean a tender i mean like a what do you think? Could you get through a thigh while you drive down the road? Right into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. That's not a discussion question, but it is interesting. Let me know your methods. Like, where do you put it if you got to turn on the windshield wipers? Huh? Right up on the dash there? <laughs> um, hmm. Actually, you know, I was thinking that would make a mess, like all that fried chicken grease on your dashboard. But on the other hand, your car would smell delicious. Hmm. Let's see. Another soldier called over. Leave the civilians alone, Ollie. Hmm. We should leave now, Margot whispered. I'm not going to whisper, though. Henry nodded. He knew there was no way he would be able to fight this many men, drunk or otherwise. He watched Margot reach into her pocket and place her key on the table, frowning. Aww. She closed her eyes as the soldier was turning back around and she snapped her right fingers. Just by the soldier's reaction, he knew they had just disappeared, and now others were starting to take notice. Let's go, Margot said, rising carefully, so he can still see her. That's an interesting, like, invisibility spell. Like, you can see each other, but that's it. Yeah. I think she's cast this before, and I probably didn't bring it up last time. Mm -mm -mm. We're getting there, peeps. Okay. He watched Margot... Um, okay. Henry looked around and noted the close quarters were not to their advantage. Perhaps an illusion to get their attention, he suggested. Margot closed her eyes in concentration. Not the game show! Just She's just thinking, people. Jeez. Though the room was now starting to get loud. Suddenly, a figure who looked generally, but not quite like Henry, materialized in the door to the dining room. All attention was now directed across the room, and Margot grabbed Henry's hand, pulling him towards the kitchen. Jeff got a text message. Ooh, actually an email. Well, that's fun. Okay. Uh, not a good email. Flar's listening. It's not money. <laughs> okay. Um, not that... All right. That made Laura sound bad, but, you know, when I get a work email... It is the only one that's good is if somebody like sends money. If it's uh, anything else, that's not good. <laughs> that means I have to do work. 
Okay. Okay. Where were we? Uh, does anybody know? Cause I can't seem to find it. Um, oh yeah. Quote, that didn't even look like me. He said, as they rushed back into the back room where the cook took no notice of them. Exactly. Margo said, hopefully they'll be looking for someone else now. What did you have the apparition do? Henry asked as they stepped outside after passing unseen through the kitchen. He did note that the cook was confused why the door had opened. He's yelling now about some religious nonsense, Margot explained. I had him threaten them with castration unless they all bowed down to the chicken god. Henry laughed. Ha! And will that work? We just need them to laugh. We don't need them outside searching for an almost Henry, Margot said, smiling. Good point, he exclaimed, as they walked eastward out of the small town in the twilight. And that ends chapter 20! So that wasn't like a terribly exciting chapter, I guess. I mean... They went somewhere. I like when they go places, because when they're just sitting at the temple complex there and going to lunch all the time, boy, that gets tedious, right? Or going to meetings? Huh? Anybody who listened to the Offworlder book? Jesus. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's not great, you know? I wonder when I wrote this. Uh, they, so they're in the, the inn, right? They're trying to have dinner, and they're getting a little... The, the, the soldiers are getting a little rowdy. And I'm wondering if, like, uh, the soldier coming over to talk to him, I guess he was almost, like, a little uh, aggressive. It kind of felt like, or at least that's what was being implied. Maybe? Maybe? I don't know. So that's not what I'm talking about. But I wonder, like, uh, I remember when I took the lovely Laura for her first visit to, well, her first and only, I guess, at this point, visit to Montreal, in Quebec. Uh, I had been there twice before at that point uh, for computer conferences. So I took, I said, listen, the Women's World Cup's in Canada. So this would be 2015, right? We're going up there. We're going to, we're going to party. It's going to be great, right? So we went up to, uh, I just remember crossing the border from Ontario into Quebec and uh, the disappearance of any signs in English is pretty interesting. But, you know, I mean, you can, it's not impossible to freaking figure out French. Jesus. So we drive into Montreal, freaking crowded city. Now that is a big ass city and it's fun. I really like Montreal. I mean, it's, it's a hoot, right? We park at the hotel. Everybody who says hello, at least in Montreal, they know they're getting some tourist money, especially at hotels. So they speak English and French to everybody. But uh, we park the car, we get our room and everything. Everything seems fine. Then I'm like, okay, Laura, we're going out to dinner. So I walk her downstairs and we go out onto the city streets in Montreal. And it is freaking packed in Montreal. I mean, it's just mayhem. And it was like a Thursday night. <laughs> I mean, it was madness outside. And uh, I remember Laura starting to look very nervous. Like there's so many people around. It is just nobody is speaking English. Everybody talks French. It was so crowded. And I'm like, I know a restaurant. We'll just go there. It'll be simple. We walk in. It's freaking packed. And they said, uh, you know, oh, you, we can seat you right now. It's probably going to be like 45 minutes till you can have dinner, right? And they said, we're just that crowded. And I said, that's fine. If we can have drinks, we're good with that. So they brought us upstairs. It was um, the Three Brewers. Oh, I like that restaurant. I don't care what anybody says. I know it's a 
fucking just Canadian chain, but I do enjoy it. We went upstairs and Laura's still kind of nervous, but it was so rowdy. It was like 7 or 8 p.m. at that point. People were just drunk up there talking French and stuff like that. I remember there was this table of like, they looked like soccer hooligans almost. And they were, they were nice as can be. But I remember the guy came over and was like hitting me on the back and talking to me in French. And I didn't understand it, any of it. Laura had, had a drink by then. She was feeling a little more relaxed. It was just so funny. And it was just people trying to speak to me in French. And it was great. I mean, I, that was a fun time. I think the lovely Laura would agree. But uh, that's what I think of when I think of like that drunk interaction at like a at a you know on an away trip. It was fun. It was fun. That was a delight. I don't know. I don't know. Nobody was mean. It wasn't like this where it's aggressive. So I doubt this seemed almost like a little bit like I want to start a fight or something like that. So very strange. Very strange. I don't know. I don't know why I brought that up. It just made me think of it, and that was a fun memory. Yeah. And after that, after that evening. I think Laura was good in Montreal. She was like, this is fun now. Now it's just fun. And it was. It was fun the whole time. I loved it. And she loved it, I think. Think, right? Laura, right into the show. JeffreyDisbook.com. Okay. Um, what else, though? I mean, they, they went to a meeting. They got out of the meeting pretty quick. We saw some minor characters' names in this chapter. Other than that, kind of stinks. I wonder if I actually, I probably pulled books out to look up people's names. That's so lame. Okay. So let's do some discussion questions, shall we? All right. Uh, Question one. Okay. So Henry's eating chicken at an inn. So basically a restaurant, but he's using a knife and fork. So uh, what chicken are you getting at a restaurant that requires silverware? That's a valid question. Because when I think of chicken at a restaurant, I mean, I'm probably going chicken fingers. I mean, who doesn't like chicken fingers? Anybody who says yuck, they're insane. It's fried Chicken fingers, what do you want? Fried chicken, that's always good. You can eat it with your hands. You still don't need silverware, quite frankly. Or, um, um, what am I missing? What am I missing? Okay, here's the one that I would eat for uh, silverware, but like uh, Tony Roma's used to have this. There's a steakhouse by me that has this, but like a half rotisserie chicken. Like the, it's a whole freaking chicken. Well, it's half of a complete chicken that you just get on a plate. And that's good. And you need silverware for that. I enjoy eating that, but the last, I mean, there's no Tony Romas left around here at least, but it's just sad. I used to like Tony Romas. I don't know. There's none left. Um, I don't know. What else can you get? I know Laura's going to go with like, um, what, Alice Springs chicken at the Outback Steakhouse? That one's good. Got all that cheese on it. Ooh, yeah. But I can't... Maybe there's some, like, uh, Applebee's uh, situations where you'd eat that chicken with, like, um, silverware. You can't even say, like, fajitas. I mean, you use silverware to put it on your your uh, tortilla, but that doesn't count. And that's the only other chicken, I think, that I'd get at a restaurant, really. And chicken sandwiches and stuff, that doesn't count because, you know, it's a sandwich. I don't know, right into the show, what kind of chicken are you getting at restaurants that requires silverware? How about, like, if you're at a wedding or something like that, is some freaking corporate function or some nonsense where they serve you just garbage chicken served next to, what, it's always roasted potatoes and then maybe green beans. If it's real upscale, asparagus, I don't know, but cooked carrots sometimes. (sighs) They put some sort of stupid gravy on it that stinks. But you have to use silverware there, too. But nobody's happy about it, so that doesn't count. All right? Yeah. All right. 
Um, hmm, what was my, I can't even, oh, question two. So this is kind of uh, abstract, but right, when they're going up to the inn, they step on the porch and Margot can see through the windows, right? That there's a lot of magistrates people inside. But uh, my real question is, uh, why don't bars have more windows? What the fuck's up with that? Like, um, let's make this two parts. Why don't bars have more windows? Because most bars do not. They're dark and creepy and weird. Let me know. Right. Okay. And the second part is like, um, do you have like a favorite bar that does have a lot of windows? In my case, I'm really thinking of, I think this one's like a standout, but uh, the Wahlburgers in Cleveland. And, you know, let's break that down to... No, let's just stick with Wahlburgers in Cleveland. Lots of windows. It's quite bright in there. I kind of appreciate that. You know, when you go to a, like a dark bar, I just assume it's filthy. But if it's bright inside, I'm like, oh, it might, that you can clearly see people cleaned up. You know what I mean? I mean, or it looks dirty and you leave, right? But uh, I appreciate that. And Wahlburgers in Cleveland, very well lit, very bright. It doesn't like dim the lights at night. It's nice inside. And I freaking like their burgers, even though Mark Wahlberg, what, beat the shit out of a minority or something? What, what was it? Does anybody remember? Right? That could be part three. Why? What felony does Mark Wahlberg have? <laughs> I always forget. Maybe it, was it an Asian guy? Mm, I might be thinking of United Airlines on that one. I don't remember. All right. Not sure, but those are our discussion questions today. Uh, I got a little bit more beer to finish, but, um, you know, we're going to get through this quick. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get back on schedule, but I'm all over the map on what days I'm doing this. Uh, today's a Friday, so I'm going to try to get this episode out quick, quick, quick. Although I think I released one this week, so... We'll see. I'll release it when I can. Uh, but anyway, until I uh, do next week's episode, why don't you write into the show? You go to jeffreadsbook.com. Three ways there to contact me. You can hit me up on the Twitter at Fortran Jeff. You can hit me up on the Mastodon at Jeff at toot.rainbow-100.com or by email at Jeff at rainbow 100 Dot com. Very exciting! But that about does it for me today, so until next time, keep on reading! Mm-hmm.